Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 2nd of May and the main stories this week are Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson has been sacked from his position after an investigation into a leak from the National Security Council or NSC. The investigation was initiated after information from an NSC meeting was leaked to the media. The information related to the government's decision to allow Chinese firm Huawei to help build elements of the UK's 5G communications infrastructure despite security concerns. The investigation, led by Cabinet Secretary Sir Mark Zedwell, allegedly uncovered compelling evidence of Williamson's involvement in the leak, prompting the Prime Minister to sack him. Williamson has denied being the source of the leak. Speaking on Wednesday, Williamson claimed he had been the victim of a kangaroo court and insisted the leak had come from outside his team. He will be replaced as Defence Secretary by Penny Mordaunt, who formerly served as International Development Secretary. Opposition MPs have called for a criminal investigation in the wake of the leak, with Williamson potentially facing prosecution under the Official Secrets Act if he is found guilty of having disclosed the information. However, in a statement on Wednesday night, the PM spokesperson said, It's not for the government to determine prosecutions. The PM considers the matter to be closed. Almost 8 million eligible voters in the UK have not yet registered to vote ahead of the European elections. The elections are due to take place on the 23rd of May. According to research commissioned by pro-Romain campaign group Best for Britain, Approximately 7.9 million voters are not on the electoral roll for their local area. Discussing the research, Green Party MP Caroline Lucas said unregistered voters risk losing their right to vote at a crucial junction for the country's future. Lucas added, whether you voted leave or remain, your voice needs to be heard. Get out and get registered. Meanwhile, local elections are set to take place across the UK today. Polls open at 7am and will see 8,425 seats contested at 248 local councils. While the Conservative Party is fielding candidates for almost all of the available seats, analysts have warned the party is likely to face disappointing results. Anger over the government's Brexit failures has left Conservative council leaders expecting heavy losses, with Labour and UKIP expecting to win some seats as a result. Police have launched a fresh investigation into the Gosport Hospital scandal. Hundreds of patients died prematurely at Gosport War Memorial Hospital in Hampshire between 1987 and 2001. According to a report released by the Gosport Independent Panel last year, the scandal saw more than 450 elderly patients die as a result of being given powerful opioid painkillers. The report claimed a further 200 patients were probably given the opioids without medical justification. Kent Police said the focus of the new investigation would be on the care given to the patients who died at the hospital. Speaking on Tuesday after meeting with the families of those affected, Assistant Chief Constable Nick Downing said, This investigation is not about numbers, it is about people specifically those who died at the hospital and the loved ones they left behind. 
While many relatives of the victims have demanded criminal proceedings be brought against those responsible, three previous investigations into deaths at the hospital have failed to result in charges. In UK news, Theresa May has threatened to abandon cross-party Brexit talks if an agreement is not struck with the Labour Party by next Thursday. The move suggests May has succumbed to calls demanding a deadline for ending negotiations with the opposition. According to a government source, the Prime Minister has told Jeremy Corbyn he must be on board with an agreement within seven days. The source said that if the Labour Party agrees to support May's withdrawal agreement bill, it will then be put to the House of Commons for a vote. And if not, the government will move in another unspecified direction. Discussing the state of cross-party talks on Tuesday, the Prime Minister's spokesperson said negotiations had been serious and constructive. However, it is thought the parties remain divided over Labour's demands for a customs union. While agreeing to the demand could see May's Brexit deal win the backing of some opposition MPs, it is likely to provoke anger among Conservatives, with Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt warning the move could lose more support than it gains. A survey of those living in tower blocks with Grenfell-style cladding has revealed the mental health toll on residents. Tens of thousands of people are still living in 116 privately owned tower blocks with combustible cladding after developers and the government refused to fund repairs. In 71 tower blocks, there are no plans in place for remedial work, despite the cladding material now being banned. In a snapshot survey of 200 people across 21 blocks, 127 residents said their mental health had been hugely affected by the cladding risks, and 75 people said they had turned to alcohol to cope with the stress. Combustible cladding is believed to have allowed the fire to spread rapidly during the Grenfell Tower disaster in June 2017. The Home Office is facing more than 300 legal challenges in the Court of Appeal after accusing foreign students of cheating in government-approved English language tests. The Home Office revoked or curtailed the visas of 34,000 students over the cheating accusations in 2014. Many of the accused students argue they have been wrongfully targeted. Barrister Sonali Naki, who has handled over 30 of the legal challenges, described the impact on the students as very acute. Naki added, Many have been waiting for five years, and in that period they can't study or work, they can't clear their names, their reputations are damaged, they can't progress with their lives. Spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, has said it will investigate the Home Office's accusations. Crossrail has been delayed until March 2021 after it was revealed vital software for the new west-to-east train line is yet to be created. Originally planned to open last December, delays reported last summer saw the opening pushback to autumn 2019. Fresh delays announced last week mean the project is now set to be completed two years behind schedule, with bosses also admitting the 2021 opening will not include Bond Street, one of the line's 10 new stations. Transport Secretary Chris Grayling has received scathing criticism from MPs over the bungled project, which is said to have been afflicted by an overriding culture of over-optimism. The Queen's speech is to be delayed until Brexit has been delivered, according to a spokesperson for the Prime Minister. The Queen's speech opens a new session of Parliament and traditionally takes place annually. However, a two-year session was announced in June 2017 due to the complexity of passing EU withdrawal legislation. A new session was due to get underway in June this year, but will now be delayed until a Brexit deal has been ratified. Discussing the delay, the Prime Minister's spokesperson admitted there was no specific date for a new session, but said, The withdrawal is part of the current Queen's speech cycle and we need to finish that work. However, with Brexit talks currently at stalemate, the delay has prompted some to accuse Theresa May of leading a zombie government and scrambling to find legislation to keep the House of Commons busy over the next few months. Some in Westminster believe the PM has delayed the speech amid fears hardline Brexiteer Tories could vote it down. 
In constitutional terms, a viable government is one which can secure a majority in the Commons for a Queen's speech. If May were to lose this vote, it would amount to a serious challenge to her government's authority. Victims of rape and domestic violence are to be forced to hand over access to their phones and social media accounts or risk their cases being dropped. In new documents handed out across England and Wales, victims are to be warned investigations may not be possible if they refuse to surrender their digital devices. Victims Commissioner Baroness Newlove has warned the demands for signing over personal data may see even fewer victims willing to pursue their case, adding, It is a huge decision to take at any time, let alone when you are at your most vulnerable. Figures published last week show just 1.7% of rapes reported to the police resulted in prosecution. The new forms were introduced earlier this year in an attempt to improve evidence sharing between detectives, lawyers and prosecutors. New figures from Thomas Cook show more British holidaymakers are heading outside the EU for their summer breaks. The travel operator said almost half of its package bookings for this summer are to destinations outside the EU, an increase of almost 10% on last year's figure. The trend is thought to be down to the pound's weakness against the euro and ongoing uncertainty around Britain's departure from the EU. Delays to Brexit are believed to have had a prolonged impact on the plans of Brits, with many postponing their decision on when and where to holiday this summer. While Spain has remained the number one destination among Thomas Cook customers, demand for trips to Turkey has surged, pushing the country to become the second most popular package holiday destination. The Metropolitan Police has named the man suspected of abducting and raping two women in London last week. Police have launched a manhunt for Joseph McCann and warned the 33-year-old should be considered extremely dangerous. McCann is suspected of abducting two women, one from a street in East London and another in North London, and sexually assaulting them. McCann then drove to Watford in Hertfordshire, where both women managed to escape. He is said to speak with a slight Irish accent and has the name Bobby tattooed on his stomach. Police have warned McCann may be using false names and wearing a disguise. On Tuesday, it emerged he had committed the alleged crimes after being released early from prison on licence. He is also wanted in connection with the rape of a third woman in Hertfordshire. The infected blood inquiry began hearing evidence from victims of the scandal in London on Tuesday. Described as the worst tragedy in the history of the NHS, the scandal saw almost 3,000 people die after being provided with blood products infected with HIV or hepatitis C during the 1970s and 80s. The Prime Minister has pledged to increase financial support for victims of the contaminated blood to £75 million and has described the scandal as a tragedy that should never have happened. However, those affected have criticised the funding, labelling it minuscule in real terms for those whose health has suffered so significantly for so long. The inquiry is being chaired by Sir Brian Langstaff and is set to hear testimonies in Belfast, Cardiff, Edinburgh and Leeds in the coming months. The Social Mobility Commission has warned inequality is set to remain entrenched in Britain unless the government steps up to tackle it. The Commission's latest State of the Nation report has found that social mobility has remained virtually stagnant since 2014. Its findings steal a major blow to Theresa May, who pledged to address the burning injustice of social inequality when she came into office in 2016. The report has called on the government to pay the real living wage to all its employees and has pushed for increased education funding for 16 to 19-year-olds, While Education Secretary Damien Hines welcomed the report, he did not confirm whether the government would adopt its recommendations, saying social mobility was a very difficult thing to move. Mines Charity Shop in Tunbridge Wells has enjoyed a rush of customers this week after receiving a huge donation of designer goods. The items were given by an unnamed woman who is said to be a regular donor. The donation included items such as a silk skirt by Erdem worth £1,180 and a mulberry dress worth more than £900. 
Many of the luxury items were unworn and still had their original price tags. In total, the hall is estimated to be worth £50,000, with a charity shop staff saying they were taking as much cash in a day as the store usually makes in a week. The shop's manager, Alison Homewood, praised the donor's fantastic contribution, but added, It doesn't matter if they are dropping off one item or a hundred items. We are always grateful. The Home Office is facing an investigation into its handling of the Windrush scandal after being referred to the Equality and Human Rights Commission, or EHRC. A cross-party group of more than 80 MPs has called on the Equalities Watchdog to examine whether the Home Office unlawfully discriminated against those of the Windrush generation and whether it continues to do so via its hostile environment immigration policy. The MPs have called on the EHRC to investigate the impact of the hostile environment policy, with MP David Lammy arguing... Justice must mean not only due compensation and reparation, but changes to the institution and immigration laws that created this crisis. John Warboys has been charged with four sexual offences allegedly committed in London between 2000 and 2008. In a statement on Wednesday, a spokesperson for the Crown Prosecution Service said the charges related to two offences of administering a drug with intent to commit rape or indecent assault. Warboys, now named John Radford, also faces two charges of administering a substance with intent to commit a sexual offence. According to the Metropolitan Police, the allegations were made against Radford in early 2018. He is due to appear before Westminster Magistrates Court on the 23rd of May. A study from the University of York has found Theresa May to be the most evasive Conservative Prime Minister when it comes to answering questions. Researchers compared broadcast interviews with the last four Tory Prime Ministers, Theresa May, David Cameron, John Major and Margaret Thatcher. They found May answered just 27% of questions posed to her in four interviews during the 2017 general election campaign. By comparison, Cameron answered 34% of questions during the 2015 election campaign and Major and Thatcher both answered 39% of questions in their respective 1992 and 1987 campaigns. Discussing the findings, Professor Peter Bull described May's evasive techniques as covert, claiming... Of particular interest are her distinctive techniques of ignoring awkward questions without even acknowledging that a question has been asked. Julian Assange has been sentenced to 50 weeks in prison for breaching the conditions of his bail in 2012. Assange was arrested last month in London after Ecuador terminated his asylum. He had been taking refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in the capital for nearly seven years in a bid to avoid extradition to Sweden on rape accusations. The WikiLeaks founder now faces potential extradition to the US where he could be charged with federal conspiracy offences linked to a major leak of government secrets. In environment news, Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon declared a climate emergency in her speech to the Scottish National Party conference on Sunday. The SNP leader said she had been inspired by young activists pushing for the announcement of an international climate emergency, saying they say that's what the science tells us and they are right. Her declaration came as Greenpeace released a survey on the same issue, revealing 63% of people in the UK agree there is a climate emergency. Carried out during the Extinction Rebellion protests earlier this month, the poll revealed 76% of Brits would cast their vote differently in order to protect the planet. The survey's results have been published alongside Greenpeace's new climate manifesto, which lists 134 practical actions the government must undertake to ensure the UK reaches zero carbon emissions as rapidly as possible. The High Court has rejected a legal attempt to block the construction of a third runway at Heathrow Airport. In a ruling delivered on Wednesday morning, judges decided to reject the challenge brought against Transport Secretary Chris Grayling by five London borough councils, as well as environmental charities and London Mayor Sadiq Khan. 
The decision comes despite concerns over the impact a third runway will have on the UK's ability to meet its greenhouse gas emissions targets, which government climate advisers have recommended lowering to zero by 2050. Speaking after the verdict, Greenpeace executive John Soven condemned the plan, saying, Our main concern is allowing Heathrow, the UK's biggest carbon emitter, to expand in the middle of a climate emergency. The expansion will see the number of passengers using the airport rise by 60%, reaching an estimated 132 million people a year. In health news, a study of 2.8 million people in the UK has revealed those who are severely obese in middle age are 50% more likely to die prematurely. Presented at the European Congress on Obesity in Glasgow this week, the new research shows the impact of high levels of obesity on a number of health issues. According to data taken from anonymised patient records, severely obese people face 12 times the risk of developing type 2 diabetes and almost four times the risk of heart failure than those of a healthy weight. While there was no increased risk of early death among the least obese, those with the highest levels of obesity face a 50% higher risk of premature death from any cause than people of a healthy weight. Medical experts have warned air pollution may be linked to the lung cancer deaths of thousands of non-smokers. Approximately 6,000 non-smokers die of the disease in the UK each year, around a sixth of the 36,000 overall lung cancer deaths. Doctors have warned this number may be rising due to the impact of toxic air, including car fumes and indoor pollution. Breathing in secondhand smoke is deemed to be the largest single lung cancer risk factor for non-smokers, accounting for 15% of deaths. A new study published in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine has warned that difficulties in diagnosing lung cancer mean the disease often progresses to incurable stages before it is identified in non-smokers, with many patients misdiagnosed. Leeds has become the first city in the UK to lower its childhood obesity rate. The decline of childhood obesity has been most marked among young people in deprived areas, where the problem tends to be the hardest to tackle. The city's Henry Health, Exercise, Nutrition for the Really Young programme has been credited with helping to lower the rate. The programme supports parents in setting boundaries for their children, including those relating to diet and bedtimes. Over four years, Leeds has seen an overall decline in childhood obesity from 9.4% to 8.8%. Among children from deprived families, obesity has fallen from 11.5% to 10.5%. In sports news, Kenyan runner Elliot Kipchoge stormed to victory in the men's elite race at the London Marathon on Sunday. Kipchoge completed the 26.2-mile race in 2 hours, 2 minutes and 37 seconds, not only a new record for the London course, but the second quickest marathon time ever recorded. More than 40,000 runners took part in this year's event. South African athlete Casta Semenya has spoken out after losing a landmark legal case against the International Association of Athletics Federations, saying, For a decade, the IAAF has tried to slow me down, but this has actually made me stronger. The decision was announced by the Court of Arbitration for Sport on Wednesday and means Semenya will have to take medication to lower her testosterone levels if she wishes to compete internationally in races between 400 metres and a mile. The court ruled against Semenya, despite admitting that the IAAF's policy on testosterone discriminates against athletes with differences in sexual development. Speaking after the verdict, the 800-metre Olympic champion said she would consider an appeal. Semenya has continued to insist her genetic differences should be celebrated in sport, not regulated with medication. In tech news, 
Health Secretary Matt Hancock has announced a new initiative which will see charities assist tech giants in minimising harmful content online. Companies such as Google, Facebook and Snapchat are to work alongside the Samaritans and its suicide prevention experts to help achieve the government's goal of making the UK the safest place to be online. The initiative is expected to hear evidence from users with experience of mental health issues to ensure tech companies are responding to harmful content effectively. Elsewhere in the world, a 28-year-old Russian-German woman has been convicted of multiple fraud charges after pretending to be a wealthy heiress. Anna Sorokin posed as a fake Manhattan socialite named Anna Delvey to con hotels, friends and banks out of tens of thousands of dollars. On Friday, a New York jury found Sorokin guilty of attempted grand larceny for seeking a $22 million loan from a bank, as well as four counts of theft. Sorokin used the stolen money to fund a lavish lifestyle in New York, tricking friends and financial institutions into believing she had a fortune of $67 million. She is due to be sentenced on the 9th of May and could face a prison sentence of up to 15 years. Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein has spoken out after an attack on his synagogue in California, left one person dead and injured three others on Saturday, saying, We are being mown down like animals, just like in Nazi Germany, but terror will not win. Goldstein has condemned hate-motivated violence in the wake of the shooting, telling reporters this has to stop. The US Constitution grants freedom of religion to all faiths. 60-year-old Laurie Gilbert Kay was killed in the shooting after throwing herself in front of Goldstein in a bid to save his life. A regular congregant and friend of the rabbi, Goldstein described Kay as a wonderful human being who was always there to help others in their time of need. The 19-year-old gunman surrendered to police shortly after the attack. Spain's governing Socialist Party has won its third general election in four years. However, the party, led by Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez, failed to win a majority at the ballot box on Sunday. Polling at 29%, it's likely the Socialists will now need to join forces with the left-wing or regional parties to form a government. The election results have also seen a far-right party enter the Spanish Parliament for the first time since the 1970s. An anti-multiculturalism party, Vox opposes unrestricted migration and is strongly against the Catalan independence drive, a policy believed to be key to its electoral success. The party has won 24 seats in Parliament. Turnout at the election was at its highest point for several years, with 75.8% of the eligible population casting their vote. An emergency law passed by the Sri Lankan president has banned Muslim women from wearing face veils. The law was passed following the Easter Sunday terror attacks, which saw more than 250 people killed in suicide bombings in Sri Lankan churches and hotels. The office of President Maithropala Sirisena said under new restrictions, any item obstructing the identification of a person's face would be banned. The law does not specifically rule out the burqa, but has been perceived as targeting the garment, prompting criticism from Muslim leaders. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine has spoken out on the risk of dangerous asteroids striking Earth, saying, Dinosaurs did not have a space program, but we do and we need to use it. Speaking at a planetary defence conference this week, the space agency chief said meteor strikes are not as rare as the public may believe, warning, I wish I could tell you these events are exceptionally unique, but they're not. Although work is underway to protect Earth from large asteroids, Bridenstein is calling for more resources to be devoted to tackling the threat of major strikes, which occur on average once every 60 years. Our facts of the week are an enormous 1,758-carat diamond has been unearthed at a mine in Botswana. The gem is the second biggest uncut diamond ever discovered, measuring larger than a tennis ball and weighing around 352 grams. 
Norwegian marine experts believe they may have discovered a white whale specially trained for underwater missions by the Russian Navy. The whale was reported by fishermen in the Norwegian village of Inga after it harassed boats and was seen to be wearing a fitted harness bearing the words equipment of St. Petersburg. According to marine experts, the whale's harness and unusual behaviour suggests it may have received naval training. Russia is suspected of enlisting whales for military operations in polar waters. Donald Trump has made 10,000 false or misleading statements since he became US president, according to the Washington Post chief fact-checker. Glenn Kessler claims to have monitored Trump's lies over his 828 days in office. The president allegedly makes an average of 12 false statements a day. And finally, according to Labrooks, a new contender for the name of the newest royal baby has surged in popularity. With the arrival of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's first child expected imminently, the bookmakers said the name Allegra had seen an influx of bets, pushing the odds from 100 to 1 to just 12 to 1. The name is said to have been favoured by Princess Diana, who allegedly wanted to name her own child Allegra if she'd had a daughter. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.